comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Netflix, no iPads, no Instagram, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is a special episode from the Austin Comic Con. It's the Redis and Rooker panel. Woohoo! So I was at the Austin Comic Con, Wizard World Austin, however you want to phrase it, last weekend, and uh, was lucky enough to get there today and wait in line early because the line did fill up very fast. Um, They had two ballrooms on, on the upstairs portion. Uh, for that, that was kind of like their equivalent of like the Hall H, um, except it, it, it's only a fraction of that size, like at the, at the San Diego Comic Con or the, like the IGN Theater at uh, at New York. But imagine that scaled down a lot. Um, but it was full um, by the time the, the panel actually started. They were probably at 90, 95 percent capacity, uh, which is pretty, which is pretty good. I mean, most of the other panels didn't look like they were that busy. Um, it started a little late. But it's about 30, 35 minutes of audio. Um, and it, like I said, it's Norman Reedus and Michael Rooker. Uh, John Bernthal couldn't make it. He was scheduled to be there, but uh, he couldn't make it. And they thought that he was shooting uh, not L.A. Uh, uh, Noir, um, but some other show, I guess, that he's shooting in New York. So um, he had a, a, a previous engagement that got in the way. But uh, it, it was a good panel. I mean, it was really... Um, fun. This was the first panel that the two of them had done just together with themselves and not with anybody else. Um, and you wouldn't really know it because they uh, they had a great rapport. Um, they had a lot of cool stories to tell. It's a lot of stuff that you may not have heard before. Um, I know with some of these panels, as they go around, uh, the same stories kind of get told over and over again. And the questions were pretty good. And I think Rooker being on the panel and kind of talking about his background of non-Walking Dead related stuff was was a, was a nice plus. Very good. Any language that we should warn anybody about that we might, I don't know if we're going to beep or let it run. I haven't heard it yet, obviously, so maybe. Yeah, there there is a little bit of language, but I did beep it out, so there's nothing. So it is definitely family friendly. There There's a little uh, suggestive talk, I'll say, so not, not necessarily any uh, four-letter words, but, uh, but some suggestive talk that was actually kind of funny, um, but mostly benign. So, uh, yeah, you don't have to worry about your... Uh, your your nine or ten year old, um, you know, getting getting exposed to the f bomb. So we're we're all good there. Any uh, anything you would consider a, a possible spoiler or no no, especially by the time this goes out. Um, I mean, obviously with Michael Rooker being on the panel uh, and all the stuff we've seen, it's it's pretty apparent that he is back on the show. 
um, but they did not discuss any specifics about uh, about th- this season at all. It was mainly about uh, previous seasons or just the filming process in general um, and and what's come before. So so yeah, definitely you don't have to worry about getting spoiled with anything unless you haven't seen like season two or or the or the you know the end of season two. Right, but I guess you wouldn't be listening to us then if that was the case. <laughs> Probably, Probably not. not. Uh, something else we should mention for our listeners, uh, as we record this episode, Hurricane Sandy is just about to kill us all, so uh, the episode review for the uh, this week's episode of The Walking Dead, Walk With Me, could be late or it could be just on time. It depends if our power is out, if our internet is out, etc. and so forth, but we will do our best. But from slightly cooler and sunny Texas, I will. this episode will get up and not be affected by Sandy, which is odd because usually hurricanes affect Texas and not... Uh in the Gulf Coast and not so much the, the Northeast. Uh, so it's an odd twist of fate. Um, the other thing to, to mention with this audio is uh, they didn't have really good sound equipment in, in the hall. Um, all of the speakers were mounted in the ceiling. Um, the Zoom that I have is a pretty good recorder. Um, I've had to play around with a lot of levels. So I, I apologize in advance if um, you, you know you kind of get hit with a very loud applause or anything that kind of pierces your ears. I've, I tried to normalize that stuff as best I could. Um, so it's at sometimes things might be a little faint and then other things might boost a little bit and it might vary, uh, between, between it some, but, uh, that's just kind of the, the unfortunate side effect of the room and the environment. So awesome. So I guess we will talk to everybody, uh, for the next walking dead TV podcast episode as soon as the weather allows it. Enjoy the, the panel, everyone. Have a good one, everybody. Norman Reedus and Michael Roper.
And Michael, are yes. we going to be seeing Merle anytime soon? I already soon? answered that. I just said yes before you asked the question. I knew what you were going to ask.
at one of these and a girl stood up in the back and she kind of raised her hand and she walked all the way up and she had a plastic bag with meat in it and this like, oily stuff and she goes, it's squirrel. <laughs> and then she goes, I hunted it down with a shovel. <laughs> Really sweet girls from Japan come up with a water bottle and they go, oh, please blow. <laughs> they sealed it up and. <laughs> well, they, they, they just had their Chernobyl, so they need fresh air over there. Back down, I lose my reins, and it's off and running. 
Uh, no reins, horses going 100 miles an hour. I fell in love that day. <laughs> this chick came running up on her horse. Now, as fast as can be, reached down, grabbed my reins, pulled them up, pulled the horse up to a stop, and said, there you go, baby. <laughs> It's a cool weapon, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of shows actually, you know, 
bouncing on my job. Um, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm, I gotta, I, I gotta tell you, you look really kick-ass with that crossbow. But there's, there's some other shows now, and I think like some of the characters have crossbows. I think. Um, something about the power went off in the world, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I like it a lot. You know, it's, it's. Uh, you get handy with it. You can, you know, you learn how to do different tricks with it. There, except, it, if you're, like, I ran through a doorway in one scene, and I clocked the side of the crossbow on the door frame and gave myself a black eye for a week. Oh. Yeah, it's very, very graceful. Um, <laughs> and then it gets on camera too. Um, but yeah, like, it, it's a cool weapon. Yeah. But like I said before, it's, it's one of those you pull out, you know, yeah. your bolts and you pick things up. I don't, I don't shoot a crossbow, I'm sorry, I have a compound, and uh, usually people shoot, shoot compounds and your curves are, I don't know, I don't want to say this, but they poop people that shoot crossbows. <laughs> <laughs> crossbows are for people who don't have the strength to pull it.
<laughs> what happened to your morning? Okay. You're very giving. Well, I, a friend of mine was supposed to drive me to Denver, or not Denver, Dallas, I'm sorry, to Dallas so I could catch a plane back home to Phoenix, and she completely flaked out on me, and now I'm stuck in Austin. Good luck. Austin is closer to Phoenix. I think you just, that's a blessing. In Dallas. Well, I get to go and have a Hey baby, that's what this is for. And I want to hug from you again, Mr. Rucker. Not lady. Did you ever see my first movie, Henry? Portrait I have not. I have not read Seasons of Life. Next. Next. Hi, um, I can't really talk anymore because it makes me too nervous. So, um. I know she's blocking me. She's like trying to block your eye. I can't help it. I Go ahead. Okay, stop it. Anyway, I live in Georgia, and um. That was awesome. Yeah, baby. We like those beaches. Yeah, I live in Georgia, and there's a very like the Georgia accent is different from Texas, from Alabama, from Mississippi, and y'all do a great job. And not making a sound like this all the time because we don't really talk like well some of us do but I don't. So anyway, it's just I just um, wanted to see do y'all just live around here and pick it up or what? You still love me? Oh um, no, no. Well, there, I mean we're around you know Georgians all day you know so it's 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 it helps you know what I mean. You pick it up, yeah. You just sort of pick it up, and and um, you don't go overboard with it because we we all sort of. I mean, I, I think natural dialects have sort of are sort of disappearing anyway because of TV and it, it's just that you you hardly find a real natural, yeah. you know, Alabama or Georgia or or, or Floridian. You know, it's, it, they're hard to come by. So. Oh, a combination of everything. One more thing. Is Morgan going to be coming back? None of business. Thank <laughs> you. 
ahead, I'm sorry. It's alright. Uh, we saw Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, and it's one of my favorite movies. Hmm. I was wondering how you prepared for the role of Serial Killer Henry Lee Lucas, and if you were worried how the movie would be perceived upon release. There was no preparation needed. <laughs> and I never give a shit about what people think or how they perceive the project that I'm doing or the role. Uh, but I don't want you to misunderstand. Uh, there was really nothing written uh, on that subject that really turned me on, that really helped. The only thing that really uh, assisted me as the actor was uh, a real-life video of Henry Lee Lucas being interviewed by Texas Rangers after he'd already been captured. And that was kind of cool because I was just checking out his body language, you know, pretty much. I couldn't even, I don't even think I could hear the the dialogue, it was just a, a, a camera from the, the ceiling, and I could see his, how he sat, what he did with his hands, and, and the, the attitude of the, 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 um, the, the interrogator, and how he responded to that, that which was very cool, and that helped a lot. You did a great job, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, this is for uh, Norm. Uh, I hope what was it, Flanner? You had like a lot of funny stories about uh, you and like everybody oh, else. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was the fish. He's Irish, man. He's got a <laughs> gift. Yeah, you can talk to him. He's telling all kinds of stories about you. You know how many times you can go on YouTube and see all those exact stories for five years. I was wondering if you had some uh, funny stories yourself from like on the set with like Flannery or Rocco, you know, or. Nothing you can tell. Like, no, nothing I want to tell you know, a YouTube channel. FBI um, can be watching. You know. Yeah, plus, I mean, the dude, you know, he's got a jujitsu academy. Come in, come in, Ricky. Well, I don't know what he was like back then. You know, if he was, you know, uh, who Flannery? Yeah, exactly the same. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Rocco too, exactly the same. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, we hang. I live in New York. They live in LA, so I don't see them that often. But you know, we. Those movies were a blast to make. I mean, it's like we would strip from the airport to the gun range before we even check into the apartment or anything. So, yeah, blast. So, yeah, there's tons of stuff. Also, I had a question. all dirty. <laughs> I had a question for Michael. Uh, did you know that you were going to be coming back uh, after the little you were in, uh, in season one? Or, like, did they hint at all? Or They always hint. They did? But they never tell, <laughs> and so I did not. Uh, I didn't know until later in season two. Okay. And um, now, but well, you get as a, as a fan. I'm a fan of the show too, so you can sort of see the way it's written, and you're like, oh, interesting. They're setting this up in a certain way, but you just don't. You don't, you don't know. I move on with my life after I do a project and yeah, and, and continue to work. So it just so happened that when the time came that they were going to offer and, and, and want me back on, I wasn't off, you know, doing something. So I was, I was very fortunate to get back on the show. And I was very fortunate that, you know, when you do a, when you do a job, you, you try to do your best at work in everything you do, no matter how small or large the role is. So my friend <coughs> took out her stopwatch one time and she, Press play, and it, and 
it came up with seven and a half minutes. So from the beginning of The Walking Dead until tonight when I show up again, I've been on the show for seven and a half minutes. <laughs> so, shit has happened. <laughs> seven and a half minutes, any actor out there, seven and a half minutes can change your life. So give it your all every time. Off the bike, I, I 
I slid it down, and then I jumped off the pistol and started shooting at the fence. Right on. And then they yelled, cut, and I go, did you get it? Did you get it? And they go, no. So you went, oh, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that sucks. That totally sucks. That's hard to do. <laughs> Next. Thank you. This is going to be our last question. No, Mom. Come on. Two more, please. Okay, thank you. Next. Go ahead. We'll take the time. Hi, guys. Um, as we all know, uh, both Daryl and Merle are complete badasses. But I also just wanted to say that I think Norman has done one of the most nuanced and subtle emotional and human characters. And in your seven and a half minutes, uh, you, you took a character that could easily have been very one-dimensional and brought it to life and made it very human as well. Um, so my question is, um, what is your favorite uh, bit of, I guess, emotional characterization or emotional scene that has brought a little more humanity into the uh, apocalyptic, badass zombie world? Beautiful question. I, I did the Cherokee Rose. I got a lot of female fans after that. <laughs> um, it, that was, you know, every, every time I talk about my brother on the show, like, that's big. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty emotionally damaged already, so those things are, you know, I do. But, uh, uh, I, I think the Cherokee Rose for me. But, that was a beautiful scene, Beautiful sequence. Um, I'll, my my female fans came when I started talking about shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was right off. That, that was the first episode. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I could go on, but I, I won't. Children in here, and I'm, yeah, and uh, so I got a bunch of them now. Female fans, and that's cool. I love them. I grew up with six women anyway in my household. I was the only boy, and so I did uh, women. <laughs> Spent my entire life in gym. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going home. <laughs> um, the rooftop scene, that four minutes, for me was by far some of the most beautifully written material that I have ever had an opportunity to do, bar none, from day one of my career. So, thank you, Frank Darabont. <laughs>